bold statements, right? And Alex Ormosi is known for this. Like if you look at his videos, he usually starts with a very bold statement. So for us, that bold statement could be, what's your entertaining show? And I'm like, content's profit. I'm like, right. no, 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 like do, do like a, another like general funny show that you guys are. I'm like, yes, people are telling us that we are funny. <laughs> I mean, but it was good. It's good to get back to a yeah. final, live the trophy. Let's go. Live the trophy, yeah. Winning is more fun than fun is fun. <laughs> Enough of that today. We're talking about content and how to actually get people to stop scrolling. Uh, we're going to be sharing some of those principles today. Uh, this not, was actually not a just, training. Not, not just to stop scrolling, but actually stayed and watched your videos. That's right. This was actually a training that Fonsi did last week uh, for our team, and uh, we can't wait to bring it to you. So yeah, I mean, we're good? just gonna we're just gonna chat about it. Pretty All right. much. Talk to me. All right. Are we gonna do like a little intro? Sure. We've got some. Hey, I'm Luis, and this is Fonsi, and welcome to the Content Is Profit podcast. In here, you're gonna get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple: entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Kitling. You forgot the the sound. I was like, is it the purple or the pink? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, welcome back to another episode of Content is Profit. Today we're gonna we're gonna talk about actually getting people's attention and mm, mm. holding that attention so they get to watch your videos and your videos reach more people, connecting you with a bigger audience and therefore turning that into a bigger profit for your business. But before we start, make sure you follow the show Content is Profit, whatever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you click that subscribe or follow button, whatever it is. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> and make sure you follow us in social media at BizBrosCo on Facebook, on Instagram. What else? What else we got? I mean, if they want to be a part of the awesome community of creators and entrepreneurs, you search Content is Profit on Facebook. It's right there. And you'll be able to connect with hundreds of other creators that are doing their own thing and amazing, amazing, amazing things uh, around content and obviously their jobs. So, right. so let's dive in straight to it. We're going to be talking about content structures, right? Like what are some of the elements that you can learn that then you can implement inside of your content, whether that is clips, whether that is a long form piece of content, just like a podcast, like you're listening to, to not only get people's attention, but also keep them engaged throughout the video. And why are we talking about this, right? And actually... Uh, Instagram just released recently a new update that they give insight in not only right the amount of people that are watching your videos, how many views you're getting, which they already had that in the past, but now they're actually going to give you kind of like that retention analytics. They're going to tell you how, like when is people falling from your videos, which if you are familiar with YouTube, they actually have those analytics in there and they're super helpful. You can see a chart for every video that you upload and you can tell exactly when people are falling off your video, meaning maybe you weren't engaging enough, right? Yeah. And obviously it also shows how many people are kind of like clicking through your thumbnail that click through rate, which on Instagram, uh, on clips, on shorts, it might be different because they're not clicking specifically to watch that video unless they're on your profile. But you still get that click-through rate, and I'm doing air quotes in here, which could be considered, are you hooking people to watch more than the first three to five seconds on that video, right? So that is why we're talking about these content structures. How do we get attention, right? That click-through rate, how do we increase that? And then how do we increase retention, people watching the videos 
through some of these elements that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things I want you to consider right before we actually dive into this. Uh, I am, I'm personally very visual. So the way that I picture in my head is like Lego blocks, right? So you have, you know, Lego block number one, Lego block number two. Uh, if you're familiar with video editing, right? Like you'll see your timeline and you see like these chunks of information, whether that's like the video, the intro, the thing. So uh, think about these like pieces that you're putting together for your full production in a sense. Uh, as we continue to have this conversation, right? I think when we do the presentations, we we put it visually that way, like different colors. Like if your store, your main story is blue, right? Or the beginning of the thing is yellow and, and you get into it. And the other thing is um, a lot of the questions when people haven't published much uh, is, you know, what's the right structure, right? Like we had a question with a company uh, in Dubai last week and, and they were like, hey, we want to start a podcast. We've been, they've been talking about this for like a year or so. We've seen, we've seen them in multiple events. And finally they're like, awesome. How do, like, what, what do we record as an intro? Where do we put it? Like, and, and we're starting to talk about these structures, but at the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to decide on one of those structures produce it, put it out there, and then receive that feedback like Fonsu was saying, right? So um, what we've seen, there is no perfect structure, right? Depends a lot yep. in your levers, like uh, your topics, your content itself, your personality as a host, right? Like there's many, 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 many aspects, but what we really wanna do is put you in motion, right? These are some elements, some principles that we've seen over the years that work in a general sense, right? And then mix them together with your style it's gonna make a lot of sense and then you're gonna start gathering that data to start modifying and changing. Yeah, word of warning is don't think about this as a as a checklist that you need to check off every single time you're trying to create content. Is more of elements, sort of principles, right, that you learn and then as you are creating, you try to consciously integrate them in your business. But whether you manage to put some or not, put the content out there and let the consumer vote. Because at the end of the day, and I just put this on actually my Instagram story, is a lot of people think that by pressing publish, no. they deserve to be heard. But, you know, a restaurant, for example, they are not going to keep serving a plate of food that is not bringing people back or that is getting bad reviews or, you know, whatever. A bad plate of food, a restaurant is not going to keep serving that. So in this case the social media platform is a restaurant. And if they get a bad piece of content, they're not going to keep putting it out into the world. So you need to produce good content. And who votes on that is the consumer. The person on the other side is the person that's going to say whether this is an actual good piece of content or not. So let's start with the beginning on getting attention, right? And obviously you've heard about this. I am sure it's called the hooks, right? Like what is the purple, the purple, the purpose <laughs> of the hook, right? Very yeah. simple. Just like when you're fishing, you want to hook somebody and attract them to you and get them to stay. But a lot of people just talk about it. Well, you know, the hooks is usually you have this question, right? Or this statement with the problem that people, you know, have. But there's actually many other hooks as well. And I'm a I'm super curious. This is a little bit of a tangent, but there's this uh, <laughs> lady I follow on Twitter. She's super good. She talks about writing and she wrote a book called A Book of Hooks and I can't wait to get my hands on it. But uh, close tangent, what are some of the hooks that we are telling our team to look for within the content, right? So we give them this long form piece of content since sometimes we're not creating like real specific type of content is usually this multi-purpose from the episodes. And we tell them, these are some of the moments that you need to be aware of when looking for clips, right? One of my favorites is 
high emotional moments, right? And we added kind of like a shock <laughs> rating to this. Like, what would you do if all of a sudden you tune in, you open a clip, and we're just cracking up? Like, we are laughing, we're crying of laughter. Funniest thing we've seen in the world, but you have no context yet. <laughs> It'll probably cause curiosity on your end and make you ask yourself, why are these guys laughing so hard, right? So you can start the hook with a big emotion. Let's say it's not laughter. Let's say it's crying. We're literally sobbing in here, just bawling our eyes out. We're so freaking sad. You would ask yourself, why are these guys so sad? And then you proceed and with the content, obviously satisfy that question that the viewer has. Another one is bold statements, right? And Alex Ormosi is known for this. Like if you look at his videos, he usually starts with a very bold statement. So for us, that bold statement could be, hey, you need to be publishing three pieces of content every single day to be successful, right? Or like I'm, I'm ignore not, all content hacks out yeah, there, right? exactly. for example, something e like that. Exactly. So like something that you believe that you stand for, but is, again, is bold and you're pushing it. What this causes is some people are going to align with it. And usually because of confirmation bias, right? They, they want to see more, listen more of the things that they believe in. They're going to stay and they're going to listen. Yeah. But at the same time, you have the polar opposite, which is probably the people that are not aligned with you, right? They might stay just to try to refute the argument, just getting the conversation in yeah. the argument, right? And, and I think this one is specifically interesting to me because, uh, you know, we talk about polarization uh, a lot of it. And obviously, if you are, you know, sharing your bold statement of the belief, your own belief, right? Um, it can be challenging if you're starting out and uh, maybe you're questioning some of those beliefs yourself, right? Maybe it's something that you're going through at the moment or, you know, there's some proof. But at the end of the day, what we encourage is lean on those, right? Lean on the results uh, that you're having and uh, lean on, the, on your own thoughts. And yes, it is going to cause some negative ripples and, and that's okay, right? Because at the end of the day, that's engagement for your account, for example, right? Those are one of those indicators. People comment, different thing. And the example that I always go back to is when we're running the, the, the media for the fitness studios that we work here, right? And I remember we put this one piece of content in about 10 different accounts. It's like 10 different locations. And uh, the, the piece of content was grabbing information. We're interviewing a coach and the coach was telling a story about bodybuilding and they said a joke, right? And uh, we just, we decided to grab that because it was one of these bold statements, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. and we put it out there, right? And it was the same piece of content in 10 different accounts. One account caught fire. Remember I was driving back that night and uh, the manager of the, like the whole region is like giving me a call. I'm like, it's 10 PM. Like, why is this guy calling me? I'm not picking up. I'm not picking up. It's like 10, 10th time, right? I'm walking into the apartment. I think Luca was like four months old at the time. I was like, you know, I have to feed the baby. I'm not going to pick this up, but this guy won't stop. So anyways, I pick up the phone and, uh, and this guy's like fuming is like furious. He's like, yep. take that down. And I'm like, what do you mean? I have no idea. We forgot about this clip, right? And then uh, he's describing the, the situation. I'm like, oh, let me let me go see the account, right? So we go in there. I think that video at the time had about 5,000 views, right? In a private Facebook page, which is, it was not normal at the time. And like 300 comments, right? And this thing is like live refreshing as, as we go through. And uh, you could tell by the comments and by the thing that, you know, some people didn't like the joke and they were commenting on it. And then you had the members of the studio defending this thing, right? So you have two different positions, right? The people that really like it and the people that did not like it at all, right? So 
what I told the guy at the time was like, this is actually really good, right? Because if you actually read the comments, right, you are you have a lot of people that are supporting your statement in this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then we dug deep a little bit more and we found out that the people that didn't like it were people that were kicked out of the studio a while back because they were cheating and different things, right? And they're not the ideal client. So uh, moral of the story is like your message is gonna act like a magnet, right? Your bold statement is gonna act like a magnet for those that really resonate with your message, right? And it's gonna repel those that don't. But here's the fun part, here's the thing, and this is something that maybe me and Fonzi, need, we need to like dive into a little bit more, right? But it's, uh, as you repel those people, they're, they might be louder, right? So there might be few people, but they might be a, a lot louder, and then your account can get these things, right? And uh, it reminds me as well of, you know, Brian's uh, piece of content. It was a bold statement in the fact that it was a bold story that he that he shared. Yeah, right? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a share on that okay, here in sounds a second. Good. But, uh, but anyways, so, that, you know, don't be scared of doing something like that. Test it out, obviously. You know, there's a scale to, like, how polarizing you can be. And obviously, if it's something that you really, really believe, if you put it out there, you're going to actually be helping a lot of people that need to hear that message. Yeah, there's a saying that is, when you try to talk to everyone, you talk to no one, right? And I think that just aligns with that. A lot of people just try to be in the middle, try to like please everybody, you know, not to upset anybody, uh, rough any feathers. But guess guess what? If you try to do that, nobody's really going to resonate with you and you're just going to be one more of the pack. So what other types of hooks do we have in here, right? We also got pain and pleasure, right? The person that describes the pain, the best people assume they have the solution. So it's pretty good to, you know, lead with that pain. And usually people want to run away from pain faster than they want to run towards pleasure. So that's why kind of like pain-based statements are pretty powerful, right? Or pain-based questions are pretty powerful to hook people. But you get the counterpart, which is the pleasure side as well, right? Like what type of uh, results are they looking and can you include in questions in statements to drive people's curiosity towards your content? Then we have what my brother was talking about, which is that climax of the story, right? And we have one of our, uh, of our clients, he has a incredible story, super impactful, right? And we started one of his clips with the climax, right? We created, it was a loop, but, but we decided to start the clip in the climax of the story. I don't want to kind of like ruin the, the whole thing, <laughs> but pretty much is it had a pretty high shock value that people Something will listen. That may, to, make you gasp when you see it or hear it. You're like, <gasps> yeah. Wait, and, what? and people listen to it and they're like, there's no way that this, this is crazy. Yeah. Right. And obviously that drives curiosity because now you get the climax of the story, but people need to satisfy the context, right? They need context of the story. Like th they have questions. As soon as you show that climax, they're going to be asking themselves, Okay, how did that happen? Why did that happen? I need to know, and hopefully your content answered those questions as well. And then, of course, the last one is, which I think is the most overused, are <laughs> the questions. So, for example, here in the podcast, for the multi-purposing aspect, I could be asking my brother, hey, which one is your favorite of these elements towards creating hooks? That could be the beginning of the clip that our team picks and then obviously they add a question and then they add my the brother's answer, answer. Yeah. and now you satisfy the purpose of the question so that is some of the elements some of the things that our team is are looking actively looking for in our content and in our clients content to create these hooks to attract people to watch now then it becomes a matter of can we 
keep people listening for a period of time. Obviously, when they are in shorts, when they're in reels, they have the quick kind of like, let me just scroll through pretty fast. I'm just here for entertainment. I'm looking for funny stuff or whatever it is. They're not really sitting down to consume a piece of content. And actually, I, I read this the other day, which kind of like really challenged one of my point of views. And I want to invite you to actually think about this. Yeah. Right. I'm going to I'm going to tie it to something I heard from Alex or a while back. He was saying the beliefs that we question the least are usually the beliefs that we believe to be true. Mm. Right. And I think in the marketing world, I believe that most people think it is is true and i honestly haven't heard many people challenge this belief is the fact that the attention span of people is less than 15 seconds or like less than eight seconds right and the other day i was reading this book and it talked about like you know what there's actual studies that says that it is not true that like in certain elements it could be is in certain environments and circumstances it can be true but in a lot of other circumstances, it cannot be true. And the main argument that they share in there that I was like, look, if the attention span of people would be like eight seconds, people wouldn't binge, wa- binge watch Netflix shows. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that is oh, that's so, so true. Like yeah. we literally watched like six episodes of the king <laughs> of collectibles the other day, straight in a row, like three hours watching TV. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that is so true. So we don't necessarily need to be re-engaging people every like eight seconds, 15 seconds. Like you really got into perspective, yeah. huh? Okay, so I don't need all these tricks every eight seconds and 15 seconds it to just get gets people's a, attention, it right? It gets exhausting, right? Uh, it gets exhausting. We, we did a presentation uh, with our amazing people from Capture, right? That, by the way, there's a summit coming up this week. So if you haven't checked out, let us know. But um, we talked about attention reset. That was the topic of the talk. And uh, those are things, you know, that you can, you know, put inside of your clip. This is more technical, but it's to reset that attention, right? So we're like, okay, how can we actually build a system around this where it's like, you know, every going off of that truth that you said, right? Or that questionable truth. Uh, But it's like, okay, in the sense of clips, right? What are some things that can help retain the attention? And this is all based on the data of like, like, is it actually relevant to you? Maybe it's not, right? Because people are actually consuming your content, right? But for the sake of the framework, right? It's like, okay, every eight to 12 seconds, what's happening in the screen that could reset, you know, your attention, right? As sometimes after we see a lot of these content, you get actually exhausted, well, right? I'm, I'm exhausted after scrolling through all this content. I was like, oh, I need I, a break. And, and I haven't done and here's anything. The deal. Yes, that could be a cool trick to have, you know, in your in your tools, right? But at the same time, it's like, does your, act- does your content actually need it? And that's when you have to ask yourself, like, what is the type of content that you want to create, right? And just just to close that this with two examples, right? One is I started following this one guy that had really easygoing, calm, without any attention reset type of video, right? He's different because of the way that he that he shoots, right? The type of camera that he uses, the lighting, whatever. But all the videos look exactly the same, right? And he has an amazing community that has been following, and the topics are very interesting, and it, they apply to me in this point of, of my life, right? And just now, right before this podcast, we're looking some of our, uh, we're watching some of our favorite YouTubers, right? And this video editor that worked for a bigger channel decided to start his own thing, 
right? And he, at the end of one of his videos, he says like, look, I have a theory. I have a theory that YouTube still is in the very beginning stages and we don't have to cater to the algorithm on all these like tactical things. And I'm going to do my own thing, right? How I yeah. feel that I want to tell my story. And I think that's super cool, right? I think people need to lean into that a lot more. Yeah. Uh I think there's like trends that go about like, for example, when Alex Ormosi started editing his videos with the bold, uh, the big captions, all these things, like people thought that he was being successful because he had the big captions. But be, you be know, honest, be honest. Like when you see those big captions, now, now I tune out immediately. Do you stay watch the video or you just skip it through? Yeah, I, I, I normally, it depends. It depends on the creator. But a lot of times if it's somebody that I really don't know, immediately I'm like, eh. It's like one more of the Another pack, one. right? Yes. So I think it's interesting, right? Again, going back to keeping people's attention. This is how we how we started, right? And I wanted to challenge you to start thinking about, okay, do I actually need an eight second reset, 15 second reset? And what I would recommend is watch your clip after you make it. And if you find yourself losing attention while watching your own clip, probably other people are going to disengage as well, right? So there are many ways to kind of like nurture this curiosity so you can keep the attention of people throughout the videos. What are some of those? Open loops, right? I mean, we started this by saying, hey, we're going to mention a few elements that you need to learn. That mm -hmm. is an open loop. And then we started hooks, X, Y, Z. Right now, uh, open loops, X, Y, Z. We're giving you one by one but you, we have a finite element that we added at the very beginning. And once we complete that, your curiosity might be satisfied, right? So a good example of this is list. You can start a clip by saying, hey, these are the six steps we do everything with for our publishing journey. So make sure you, you learn this, especially the last one, which is top, is the most important one because it's the glue for everything. Now you're like, okay, cool. I want to learn all six, but at the same time, I know that the last one is the most important one. I'm giving a, a little extra incentive in there for you to stay and listen for a little bit longer, right? So again, list is good. Promises. Why can you promise at the beginning that you can deliver at the end? Or just so you guys know, there's been a trend of delivering the promise right after, right? Can, can I like deliver the, the promise in a superficial way like hey this is the answer Unless and then people want to know okay but but why why is this and then you yeah. explain so if we start saying hey look you shouldn't be posting more than uh you should be actually let me rephrase that you should be posting more than three times a day every single day and this is why boom 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 you explain it right and then you go and give you any other argument that you might add to those clips and Another one that is really good is callbacks. Throughout your content, and we've done this in the podcast a few times, you are talking about a specific topic, and if you've created a previous topic about that same thing that you're mentioning at that moment, you just say, hey, by the way, we talk about this with our guests on episode 314. Make sure you go there. If you watch YouTube, you're actually going to see a lot of these callbacks. They're really good creators. They know how to kind of like stitch their content together. Yeah. And throughout the video, they might say, 
By the way, if you want to know more about this, make sure you check out the video that is up here in the corner and they have a card pop out that people can click yeah. and watch the videos, right? It's, it's pretty impressive, actually, when they know how to structure their videos like that. Yeah, and, and again, like visually, right? Like, obviously, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're listening it over a podcast episode, yes, there's ways that you can do that, right, as you said, but you can also do it in writing, right? You can do this for your, your blog uh, plus, you could do this for carousels, right? What's the first slide? What's the end of the slide, right? Like, what is the timeline of your content? Like, whether that looks visually as a video or as something that you write, right? And then includes the, these elements. I remember watching a, a, a YouTube video about this guy that does hot seats, right? And they bring somebody that's really successful. The videos are awesome, right? And if for some reason the guy like turns on a, a candle at the beginning of the video, right? And they leave the leave it there. Now the attention of the viewer is in the candle, and they're thinking like, why is the guy is turning on the candle? And he goes on the content. The content's really good, but then the the video ends, and that's it. The candle just stays there, right? And uh, one of the critiques is like, that's an open loop, right? Because you are it's a visual thing where you turn the candle, right? Then you do your episode. What about at the end of the episode? You just blow your candle off, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the end, right? Because people are going to be hooked throughout the video. One of the elements is because they want to find out what happens to the candle, regardless yeah. of the of the content of the video, yeah. right? So what are some things that you can do like that? You know, it's like, okay, well, it's showtime, right? We turn on the lights, we do this. Don't bring candles in here because, you know, Katie might kill me in the studio. But <laughs> uh, what are some interesting things that you can do at the beginning of videos that are for you, right? Maybe it's a phrase that you use. Maybe something like, you know, one of the, the calls that we have with Bart is like, you know, with high energy comes or <laughs> high outcome, right? It's like at the yeah. end of the call, it's like, what is the one thing that you can open loops and close loops uh, at the beginning and at the end of your content. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like these loops don't necessarily always need to be vocal, right? Yeah. They can be certain elements around. Uh, it can be music, some sounds, etc. And yes, there is a lot of post-production elements that you can add to your videos. But I would actually challenge you and encourage you to try to make a lot of videos without any post-production and review them, look at them and say, okay, this is engaging. I lost, maybe I lost focus around halfway through the video. Okay, cool. How can I improve that? Yeah. Because the more, the better you get at actually getting people's attention and retaining people's attention without any, you know, video effects or post-production, once you add that other layer, it's going to be even better. So, and then also you're going to have less excuses to not publish because a lot of people are like, well... I don't have an editor. Who's going to edit this thing? Well, let me tell you something. If you are good at creating content and good at keeping people's attention when you're talking and expressing yourself, you don't, you, you don't need an editor because you can easily create a piece of content on your phone, then have an app, put the captions, if any, right? Instagram adds captions by itself now. And then you can just post the content out there and see what is the answer. Because at the end of the day, the audience is the one that votes yeah. whether your content is good or not. I uh, I love this example, right? Came out of one of our favorite episodes. Shout out to uh, my first million from our network, right? And they're talking about this guy that does... Uh, uh, what's it called? Physics class Zoom meetings, something like that, right? And they mm. he just interviews experts in the physics field. And all he does is he grabs his Zoom calls, puts them on YouTube, no editing whatsoever. They're raw, the, the, the rawest, the better. <laughs> and uh, the guy has a million subscribers, right? 
And it's like, okay, clearly is not the editing style of this person, right? Is the topic for that audience. Clearly that's a topic that maybe I won't watch. That's not my, my yeah. thing, but there's an audience for everything. Right. And uh, the cool thing about this is like, he doesn't care. He just puts his content out there because he knows there's valuable. And clearly there is because there's people that follow interact and there's a community around that person, around that topic. Right. So again, yeah. with you, we highly encourage you for us. That was the thing that unlocked everything with Facebook Live, right? Yeah. We were like, the second we surrendered to it, like, hey, we're just going to do this thing and it's going to go live and there's no post-production, right? I think especially, like, I give props to Fonzie because, like, he likes that that stuff. If you like it and you enjoy doing it, that's a different thing. But for me, I didn't. Yeah, but, I mean, no amount of post-production is going to save you from a bad message, right? And that is that mm. became one of our mottos when we started doing the 45 Live we decided to repeat ourselves every single time, quality of the message over quality of the production. Because at the end of the day, if the message ain't good, people are going to, are not going to stick. But if the message is good, regardless of the post-production, people are want, they will want to stay and listen to you and learn from you. Which, that actually takes to another element, the next one that I wanna share, we got two left, Open loop right there, because now you're like, ooh, Tell which, one, which ones are the last two? The first one is the rate of revelation. And this one is really cool, actually. I learned this one recently. And it's pretty much the pacing of the story, of the pacing of the content, right? And you have a few elements in here. You have the energy, right? You have, obviously, the stories that you're talking about. And pretty much what this means is how fast am I guiding people throughout my content if we have high energy which we do have here in content is profit and a lot of the stories are, are high energy <laughs> yeah. we can go from one thing to the other fairly quickly progressing fairly quickly throughout the stories to keep you engaged but if we get a little bit sad in here and we put a you know slow music mm -hmm. and tears starts to flow and we start talking about the hard times that we had when we first decided to create content it was hard. You know, I remember that one time. You see the point. <laughs> I'm not going to make this like a crying fest in here. But, you know, do you see the point, right? We start to revealing and, and go a little bit maybe into depth in certain areas that we wouldn't go with a faster rate of revelation. So and identifying when to do these things yeah. actually really helps. Because guess what? It can be a very slow piece of content but you can really keep people engaged. You don't always be need to be jumping one thing after the other, which is what I believe most people think they need nowadays, yeah. right? Uh, uh, not even counting what your personality or your creation style is, right? Because if you're not that type of person that likes high-paced things, it's gonna be really challenging for you to to actually go ahead and it's create. Be right? So you know, we I remember we talked in the challenge when uh, we had the the calls. Is like, when do we actually create? And it was hilarious because we will post uh, around ten thirty at night, and we're like, hey, everybody, bring your videos in, right? Because we had an accountability uh, system that you know we rewarded people that actually published regardless of how the video looked. Mm -hmm. But I remember at eleven thirty at night, you will start seeing all the videos come in, right, to the accountability. And one of the things that we ended up talking that came from that was like, 
when do you create? Like, are you in, in a high energy level where you can actually be good creating? For some people, that is really challenging, right? And for some people, we think that we need to be doing this. You don't need to be doing this. You get to do this. What an amazing opportunity is for you to talk about the things that you love and you're an expert and share with other people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, what is my high level moment of my day that I can actually do this? For some people, is before, is like after the kids go to bed and you have your, your house is quiet, you can do the thing, right? Maybe for some people, it's early in the morning. Maybe for others, it's at noon. For us, we've shifted, shifted the show, right? Started at 5 p.m. one time, then we ended up to like 2 p.m. Now we're doing it at noon-ish when we can, right? But interviews are always at noon, right? So yeah. we're still working on this, but when is the best time for you to create? And that will play into your style. Like, is it slower? Is it faster pace? Is you have this music or whatnot, right? And that's going to dictate uh, your consistency and frequency, which are the two main things that you need to be starting um, to look at when you want to achieve that long-term success with the content. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one here that I have, and again, these are not like the only elements that there <laughs> are. I'm sure there are others. And just like you, we are also learning as we go. Right. This is a never ending process that you just keep learning, keep implementing, keep getting feedback and then iterating and see what works and what not. So the next one is tonality. Right? And th this is something that I feel like I learned for the first time when we started the podcast, because when we were just talking normal, right? Mm -hmm. I, like we are so we're, and honestly, I feel like this has actually translated <laughs> into my real life. I feel like now I'm all animated when I speak in real life, <laughs> but tonality is important. It really helps to drive certain, point, uh, certain points through, right? And it actually helps again to re-engage people. Cause you know, if I'm talking like this and guess what? I'm about to tell you a secret and I, I lower my voice here and I sound like I'm speaking right to your I, to your I, ear. Hold on. People might be like, whoa, yes, tell me that secret. But at the same time, I can make some emphasis by, you know, kind of like raising <laughs> my tone in hold here. On. I'm going to put this out there. Your tone of voice never changes. <laughs> it's like you might think that you might it be changes. thinking. No, no, no. You might be thinking that you're speaking low, but you, you're not. Promise. I promise but it, you. It's about like <laughs> the whisper in your ear. Yeah. What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's tonality. We just lost okay. everybody. <laughs> At the end of the point, tonality does help to keep keep people engaged regarding of what type of points you're making, right? Again, you can increase your tone, put a little bit more power behind it, right? Or maybe lower it, right? Like our good friend Adam. Adam has his like deep voice and he talks to you like he also, you know, kind of like a one on one. And you're like, yeah, bro, keep talking to me. I appreciate you. Right. So I think like I didn't know you had that bromance I, with Adam. It's <laughs> a bromance. It's a bromance. But I think it drives, you know, kind of like this, yes. uh, this tone of authority yeah. in a way. Right. And personally, I believe we have a little bit more of a entertaining tone. Right. When we talk to people. But recently people have been like, what's your entertaining show? And I'm like, content's profit. I'm like, right. no, no, no. Like, do do like a, another like general funny show that you guys do. I'm like, yes, people are telling us that. We are funny. <laughs> I got to tell Katie this. <laughs> yes. We need, we, we're, uh, there's actually plans in there for, for a show. So what is it? All right, Jay, well, what's up, man? Nice well, welcome. Yes. Welcome to the live stream, by the way. For those listening, we actually live stream this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in our, mm -hmm. in our group and our social media. So if you want to stop by and say hi. We're always welcome. That RJ, right. my man, good seeing you. Huge podcasters the, as well. One of the OGs right here. One of RJ. the OGs, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have for you guys today on content structure. That's right. Again, this is literally the same thing that we're teaching our team. This is what we were telling them. Hey, 
we want you to look for this stuff when you guys are watching our videos the hooks right high emotions bold statements pain pleasure climax of the story and then they're they're also manufacturing the content sometimes we might have two minutes of a very valuable clip but they can rearrange the clip so it doesn't lose the context but so it is engaging and it keeps people watching right so they're kind of like some content designers back there they're content magicians and and you are as well and your team are as well so don't be afraid to move things around test with new hooks if you're always just asking questions are you an entrepreneur that is tired of x y and z try this something different make a statement right like hey entrepreneurs shouldn't be more be working more than two hours a day damn you know what you got my attention right <laughs> so, so try yeah. new things and let people vote don't be that restaurant that keeps serving yeah. trashy food and then they don't get people back in there and then suddenly they go out of business you need to craft the good stuff learn what is the good stuff that people want to consume more of and then put more of that out into the world so good and what a good episode what fancy That was good. That was good. I, was, I, I feel inspired. Is it? Studio clap. I have my, you know, right here. Yeah, my right liquid, there. liquid uh, goodness. We gotta disclose that there's no alcohol. No alcohol. No alcohol. Yes. We promise. All right. I think that's the episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform on YouTube. And on social media at BizRosco. <laughs> that is right. If today's episode helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five-star review. And of course, go to contentsprofit.com to join the fam. That's See right. See you guys. Take care.